name is Monica Ikegu, and I am a figure painter. A figure painter? Yes, oil figure painter. Is that the same thing as portraiture, or is that something different? Well, figure painting just as in a whole, but like more specifically, it would be portrait painting. And where are you from? I am from here. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I've been here for as long as I can remember. <laughs> Your whole life, you'd say? Yep. Okay. And uh, where'd you grow up? What was growing up like? Um, well, I grew up in Woodlawn, and um, this is basically like a simple life, you know? I go to school, come back home, play around. Um, for me, I did draw a lot, so, you know, that was that. Was that. Um, my life was kind of simple. Not, nothing really too spectacular out there, you know? I'm sure there's spectacular aspects about it. You have uh, siblings? Yes. I have three brothers, and I got two sisters, too. So it wasn't boring at home. It was very energetic. <laughs> so you're, is that there's six of you total? Yes. And that's not including your parents? Yeah. Including <laughs> my parents, it'd be eight of us. Oh, wow. In the same house, yeah. And then where do you um, sit in, like, the age range? So my brother is 22. I'm 21. My other one is 19, and then the 17-year-old, and then I have two tw I have twin sisters that are both 12. So you're the second, second oldest? Yes, second. Okay. Do you feel like with your you and your brother, you guys are, like, the second-string parents to the rest of your siblings? Kind of, yeah. Like, when they're not here, we're left in charge, and then we kind of are responsible for them. Sometimes I make mistakes, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> so who's the, uh, who's the good cop and the bad cop between you and your older brother? Uh, I'm probably the bad one, <laughs> especially with my sisters. Gotta take their phones away sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. I, uh, well, I'm the middle, but uh, for like most of my life, it was just my sister and I. Then when my mom got remarried, um, now I have a younger sister. She's 21. Um, I'm 30, and then my sister is 32, um, and things right now are pretty good. So talk to me a little bit more about school and stuff like that. When did you first get interested in art? So when I was little, I was used to, like, you know, draw on the walls, and then I moved to tracing cartoons, and then I moved to just drawing my own stuff. And then in elementary school, there's a process where you, like, switch to middle school, and, like, my parents would always, like, apply for, like, the, like, the magnet ones. So I went to Sudbrook because my brother went there. So he was like, what can she do at Sudbrook? Then he was like, hmm, she draws a lot. Let's do visual arts. And then I got into Sudbrook. I did visual arts. Kept drawing, kept drawing, and then time to move to high school. And then we had to apply again. So then I went to George Washington Carver Center because I was one of the best um, schools in, like, the county. So then they were like, hmm, what can she do again? They were like, oh, let's stick with the drawing. So then we're stuck with the drawing again, and I'm at... Um, Carver Center, and then time for college, and it's like, hmm, what can she do again? I wasn't going to do art. Uh, I was applying to, um, like, the medical schools, because when I was little, I said, I wanted to be a pediatrician, and my mom was like, yes, yes, yes. I applied to, like, Towson, like, Stevenson, and UMBC, um, but then I applied to Micah just on a whim, because my dad, he actually called me from, like, abroad. He was, like, not even in the country. He was like, did you apply to Micah? I was like, no. He was like, are you going to? I was like, no. He was like, you should do it. I was like, okay. So then I applied last minute, and then I got in, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> and they gave me the most money, so I was like, I guess I'm going to Micah. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Where was your dad traveling abroad to? Uh, he was in Nigeria. Are you Nigerian? Yeah. Okay, so I could 
Tell by your last name, but my fiance yeah. is also Nigerian. Ah. So when you were telling, talking about how you wanted to be like a pediatrician, and they're like, yes, yeah, yes. exactly. I was just like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. Um, but it sounds like at a pretty early age, your parents were super supportive of your art because they saw you drawing and just creating all of the time. When you were growing up, what was your perception of art? Was it just like a hobby, or um, was it something that you, you know, kept in the back of your mind aside from? trying to uh, fulfill your parents' wishes of being a doctor? I would say hobby, because when I was applying to college, my mom was like, you're not gonna do that, are you? And I was like, um, I might, I might not. Because she was like, where's the money? And I was like, I don't know. So that's why I was applying to like all the medical schools. But like prior to that, it was just something that I was good at, so I went to schools for it. It wasn't supposed to be like a long-term thing. Um, but now it is, so, you know, <laughs> no regrets. They just thought it was, like, a hobby type thing that she was good at. And then now it's, like, a career type thing that I'm going after. When I first started at MICA, uh, I was undecided when I went in. And then, like, um, I was like, let me do graphic design. People say there's money in graphic design. I didn't like graphic design. I didn't want to do that. And then I was about to do illustration. And then one of my painting teachers was like, Monica, come here. And I was like, yes. And he was like, what are you going to do? I was like, illustration? He was like, mm-mm painting and I was like what he was like do painting and I was like really he was like do painting and I was like okay <laughs> so I did painting and I was like you sure you want to do painting and like how are you going to live and I was like I guess we'll see <laughs> but it's working out so far oh good good when you were um attending Carver and um Carver is a uh not performing arts but it's like a arts centric yeah. school right yeah uh when you were at Carver what was uh, your main focus for your art? Because now you mostly focus on um, younger contemporary African-American models. Uh, was it the same in Carver? Um, was that something that you kind of had to grow into? Um, at Carver, it was more like they give you prompts and then like you fill it. Like, and they had like figure classes where you like, you just paint figures and stuff like that. Um, but usually they'd be like, do multiple figure or do like someone pushing and pulling. It wasn't like your own ideas. Like during my senior year, I started to break away a little bit, which was kind of messing up their assignments. But um, it wasn't really directed the way I have it now. It was mainly just fulfill the assignment, use anybody that you want. And then like I'll use my classmates to like paint, like paint them to do the assignment and that was it. And then you turn it in, but then um, like later senior year, that's when I started to like, I want to paint the portrait instead. So I started, because it was like, do a full figure. And then I'd be like, mm, no. So then I cut it mid-torso. And then they'd be like, Monica, you didn't fulfill the requirements. And I was like, I didn't want to. But yeah, senior year, I started breaking away from that. But before, it was just fulfill the assignment and get the grade. So when you're in um, an arts program like that, especially with school, I mean, art is pretty subjective. Um, did people tell you early on that you were super talented? Because just looking at your work, there's like, we're sitting in the Woodward Gallery, people mm -hmm. won't be able to see that. These are like, I guess, photo realistic or uh, still lifes. I don't know much about like art or exactly what these things are called. But um, you can see that these are paintings, but they're extremely detailed mm -hmm. paintings. Um, and looking at your art now, you are, like whether you want to admit it or not, because I know how artists and creatives are, like we will never say we're good at something, we're just like, eh, I'm okay. 
what was it like when you were in high school to have that level of talent? Was it acknowledged or were you just like, yeah, you know, like it's just uh, my thing? Oh, okay. So when I was in high school, the level that I'm at right now was completely different than it was back then. Mm -hmm. Like if I were to look at it right now, it's completely ugly. <laughs> and uh, I guess it was good if, considering my age, but I guess it was okay. But people did like for the age, it was pretty good. So um, that was that was okay. But looking back, I just they're not that great actually. So yeah. when people compliment me, I'm like they probably lied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I got you. So talk to me a little bit more about that journey to Micah. Why didn't you want to apply? You touched on it a little bit, but can you can you dive a little bit deeper into it? Um, mainly it's the um, the future money aspect part, um, like securing a job. Like if you graduate with a BFA in painting, what job are you gonna get? That's what my mom would always say. And then um. My dentist, I was at the dentist's office, and they always like to see my artwork. They're like, Monica, show us your artwork. While they're like in my mouth, I'll like show them my phone. <laughs> so then um, I had this one male dentist, and he was like, you ever heard of a starving artist? And I was like, okay, okay. I didn't say anything because he was in my mouth, but you know. He could have pulled your teeth out. I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just like the future security of like job and the money that made me like, maybe I shouldn't do art school. And I was the only one I applied to, too. Everybody in my class was applying to schools. And I was like, hmm. And then I had this student teacher. His name was Matt Adelberg. He was like, you should really do it. He works at Poly right now, but um, he really pushed me to do MICA. So he's one of the people, too. Mm. So you started at MICA in 2016. It's uh, 2019, about to be 2020 now. And in that span of time from 2016 until now, you've been in a bunch of um, exhibitions, uh, you've won a lot of awards and um, maybe even sold a few of your paintings. Uh, kind of getting back to what I was saying before about your talent in your art, what's it like to have your art validated by an external source? Do you feel like the money is what validates it or the fact that somebody wants your art enough to pay for it? The fact that people want it is validation too. Mainly, more than the money, the fact that people actually like want it. Like, I want this in my house. They're walking like, I want that one. <laughs> um, and then people, like the reactions from people also validate as well. Because I've had people that walked up to me like, your painting is so stunning. I love it. And then some people were like, oh, that looks like my brother. He looks like a guy I know before. I can really relate to it. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm going for. But um, not really the money. I mean, the money's cool too. But I mean, like more so the reactions of people and people actually wanting to have possession of it is mm -hmm. validation. Mm, okay. Can you talk a little bit about what the process has been for you as an artist, um, putting yourself out there to have your work sold? Was it difficult for you or were you nervous when you would put a certain price tag on a painting and you're like, well, you know, maybe that's a little too high or, you know, you, you, you lower the price and then someone buys it and you're like, oh, I could have raised the price on that. How, uh, how did that entire process work? Um, well, right now I'm working with a gallery in California. I worked with them on the prices and we set a correct price for like um, matches with the skill level and the fact that I'm still emerging. So I wasn't really concerned about the prices. I'm like fine with it right now. When I first started, I had somebody that told me like price your paintings really high. So I had one painting that was like, it wasn't that good if I looked at it right now. And I priced that was like $10,000. <laughs> and then he was like, and then somebody that wanted to buy you was like, you sure about that? And I was like, yes, $10,000. 
Um, but then I was like, mm, that was a little too high. But yeah, I'm fine with my prices now. I don't really care. Like, I set a price on it, and I kind of stick with it. Mm, okay. Yeah. And in your previous response, you were talking about uh, working with a gallery. Are you represented by that gallery? Yeah, it's, um, it's called Band Devices. It's in Los Angeles, California. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because uh, how, how are you now, 21, 22? Yeah, 21. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like a lot of people at that age aren't represented by galleries. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> so what's that like? What was what was that journey like? I how mean, how that conversation even start? They found me through Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram important. Post your paintings. They messaged me and they emailed me and then saying that they wanted to work with me. So then I started out small. Like I sent them some pieces and I was like in like the back of their gallery. And I think that was in 2018. And then after that, I was still working with them, you know, still like sending them like works that I finished. And then um, like they priced it accordingly and then they sold it to collectors. And then um, this September in 2019, I had my first solo show down there. So it went from the back of the gallery into a full solo show, which was nice. Tell me about the show. It was great. Lots of people came. Um, I believe all the paintings sold in the opening night. So that was great. And do you take that back to your parents and you're like, see, look what I, I did. I know, right? They're like, okay, you're doing pretty good. Stick with it. Like, yes. <laughs> so talking about your uh, exhibitions, was the art in those exhibitions uh, art that you had created over the years or did you create them specifically for those exhibitions? Um, any work that was from high school and my freshman year at MICA, um, in my opinion, they just weren't good. And then I started going like large scale during my sophomore year and I did these five paintings of African-American males with like a red light shining on their faces. And that was the first um, of the work that kind of like resembles what I'm doing right now. So it's basically from sophomore year up until, well, not now, but like this past summer that were in that show, it was like variations of it. So, it's like 2017, some of them were 2018, some of them were 2019 that were in the show. It wasn't like, and it wasn't like specific. It was just like they pulled, just pulled them certain, um, the ones that they liked, and then it was just up on the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't just, I didn't really make like a cohesive. It wasn't like all like set to look alike. It was like differently pulled out and then put together. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the art you were speaking of, about the, uh, the African-American subjects with the red light and then doing my research you in an interview you said that that red light represented uh, the danger that society believes that young African-Americans mainly boys mm -hmm. possess just by walking around and breathing but you also said I believe in the same interview that while your work was highly politicized for a while you kind of moved away from that why did you decide to move away from that did you feel like the market's just kind of oversaturated with political art or you just realize like it's just not really my thing because when i first started i thought the work had to be political so i was like okay let me pick a subject and then something that i knew about and then i was like okay maybe i can make work about this because i thought it had to be political it had to say something um that was very important to other people as well as myself too um so i was like okay and i was thinking about my brothers and i was like i can comment on that but then instead of focusing on what other people thought about individuals, I was like, let me flip it and think about like making work about how others wanted to be seen themselves. Now I'm doing portraiture of people wearing their own clothing and styling themselves with their own poses instead of making commentary about how other people are seen by society. 
but just changing it so it's more of a positive instead of a negative view on people. So do you feel like you're trying to bring out somebody's innermost self with your paintings? Yeah, like um, like a brighter side. Like you use all those saturated colors, but yeah, trying to capture the person completely. Like they wearing their own clothes, you know, posing however they want, styling their hair, whatever they want. I don't really change them. I tell them to do whatever they want, and then I put them on the canvas. And then um, I try to get it as much as likeness as much as I can. And then um, yeah, just trying to convey their personality as much as possible without gesture. Also, like if you can get their personality without like them smiling. Um, just like their face and then just be able to be like, yeah, that looks like her or that looks like him. That's them. Can you s explain that a little bit more? You said without gesture. Is that just a facial expression or is that? Like, yeah, just like the face. People always ask me like, why don't you let people smile? And I was like, that's kind of easy. But then if you can capture the person's essence without them truly like smiling and like showing teeth, that's a little bit more challenging and I like that. Mm. So while we're on the subject, I'm going to skip ahead a few questions. How much of a challenge is it for you to capture the essence of somebody, uh, even if it's like an essence, essence uh, they don't know that they have? Like, have you had to work with a subject and say, like, look, I know that you, like, you have this inside of you. Like, you just need to bring it out to the forefront. I haven't said that specifically, but like I set up photo shoots with the models that I use. And like when I, I tell them to do whatever they want, sometimes they get like really posed. Um, but then I kind of want them to like relax and like do something that you naturally want to do. Like um, some of the paintings that I have, it's like when people are like when they're in like in the midst of like thinking of a pose, they'll do like they have like these weird not like weird, but they'll do something that they're not like actually aware of. And I'd be like, stop, and that's it. Like when you're not when you're not like thinking of it, then that's the pose right there. Sometimes I have like a couple. Um, paintings like my brother he was like twisting his hair and thinking I was like stop we're taking a picture and this uh, one guy was like scratching the back of his head and then it looked, I, don't know, I liked it and then I took a picture and this one girl she was covering her mouth that was like a recent one and I liked it people like that one too but like <laughs> things that they do when people aren't like when they aren't physically being like posing something they do like unconsciously that's what I like to capture sometimes I do poses but yeah mm, okay now let's talk a little bit about your technique and painting in other interviews you say that you don't really like sketching you also don't really use a canvas you just kind of go as somebody who doesn't paint who's not an artist in that sense of the word um, from start to finish take me through uh, one of your paintings okay so when I start um, I got to get a model so they've been my brothers my sisters and then sometimes that's because um I don't, I'm not always at school because I commute, so I don't always have access to people, but sometimes I, if I find somebody at my school, I like DM them on Instagram and I'll ask them, I'll be like, you want to model for me? And they'll be like, yes. And then um, we stage the photo shoot. I'll bring my, I bought like this light from Amazon. It's like portable, you don't need to plug it in or anything. I'll bring my light, my tripod, my camera, and then I'll take their photo. We'll do like six, seven poses. And then from there, I'll go home. I'll choose whatever pose I want. And then... Um, I draw it on the canvas. I do use a canvas, like, you know, the double stretch one, and then... Um, the double what? Like, it's like the thick canvases, not like the really thin ones, like the really thick gallery museum ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I use those. And then uh, I draw it on the canvas, get everything proportional, and then I cover it in a layer of acrylic, like brown acrylic, and then, um, and then I start painting on top of that. But I do, like, wet into wet. It's like when you don't do layers, 
like I'll do the face. A face could take like eight hours or something. So I'll do the face one day, and I'll move into the clothing, and then the hands, and then the background, but just in separate sections, just jumping around. And do you always do it in the same order, like face, clothing, background? and then uh, whatever else comes next? Yeah, I always start with the face. Typically it's like hands or clothing, but that's interchangeable because the hands are usually cut off. So like wherever I see like a cut, that's where I'll stop one area, like the shirt will be one area and then the cut will be, and then I'll do the jacket in another area and then where it cuts right here, I'll do the hand. And then I'll usually, always the first is the head and then the body and then the background. So it sounds like you have uh, the process down pat pretty, pretty well. Um, was that something that you developed on your own or was that through the discipline of attending art school? I mean, when I was a, like in my freshman year, sophomore year, um, I was called stubborn because I didn't do it the way they liked it to be done. Like they told me like tone the canvas green because it matches better with the skin tones and I was like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, I am kind of stubborn, but um, um, whatever they told me, um, sometimes I was just, I just wouldn't do it. And I like doing things like my way because it worked better to me. So the way that I adapted it is from, um, that's just the way I did it. When I went large scale in sophomore year, that's just the way I've always kept doing it and it works. Hmm. Yeah, it's like some people tell me to like paint the whole thing first and then go back in. And I was like, I do it in sections and then finish the whole thing. Hmm, okay. It sounds like throughout your art career from really a young age uh, up until now, and I'm sure throughout uh, in the future, you haven't come up against a lot of uh, resistance. Is that true? Or did you ever experience a time where like you you weren't producing good art or you weren't getting good feedback from your instructors? Mm, I got resistance, like critiques, like when they bring, um, I've got guest artists, um, guests like critics that come in and they, um, some of them are, I get harsh ones sometimes. Um, they come at uh, my use of the fabrics and the significance behind that. They'll um, question me about that and I have to think about that again. And they question also the poses, the clothing, the wear, and like elements of that. So I get some resistance and I have to take that into consideration. But um, the teachers, they give me feedback too. Feedback that I even haven't, like, I haven't thought about, too, so. Oh, yeah, and that was going to be my next question is, have you ever gotten resistance or pushback on something at the time you were just like, I don't agree with this, and then later on, a few weeks or months or maybe even years later, you were like, you know what, they were right. Yeah, I had this one teacher, she suggested um, the fabric, and at the time, I was like, hmm, but now I'm doing it all the time, and I was like, dang, okay, she was right. Yeah, she might have knew what yeah, she was she talking about. Yeah, she knew what she was about. talking about. <laughs> gotcha. Um... For your portraiture and your work, is that your way of immortalizing the spirit of 21st century young African-Americans? Um, basically, yeah. Like, I'm solidifying, like, all the things that they're wearing. So it's, like, timely in a matter, like, all the stuff that they're wearing, the way that they're dressing, the way that they present themselves, solidifying it. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, if I was doing this, like, 20 years later, they probably look different. Yeah, just capturing it and then solidifying it on the, cam on the canvas and, like, set in time that's 2018 right there mm -hmm. that's 2019 but yeah okay so they they could kind of be looked at maybe as uh, time capsules yeah. of uh, the culture and the state of uh, black people mm -hmm. in that time yeah why do you uh, always have like, younger subjects are they easier to work with or do you feel like they have more um, just more personality and more to offer um 
It's just mainly the people I have access to right now, the people that are my age. Um, I'm actually planning a painting of, um, of my mom and her sister because they're twins and they're much older than me, so I'm planning that one, so that's a little different. But mainly just the people that I have access to. Like I've done like young children and then people up to my age and then slightly older. But I'm, I'm trying to get into um, older people too, so I'm gonna do my mom and her sister and we'll see how that looks. Do you ever think that you'll start creating work that's more personal or will tell your story? Oh, like I said before, my life's kind of boring. I don't know if I have that much to talk about, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure there's some things that uh, other people could relate to if you painted it or something like that. Or what about self-portraits? Oh, I've done self-portraits, yeah. But then, you know, that's also like f focusing on my external features, not really a personal element. Well, except for the clothing, the clothing is personal, but not like anything like that I have to say really, mm. yeah. Okay, in the last, it's 2019 now. In the last, let's say, three years, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned uh, when painting? And it could be like an actual technique. It could be how you present yourself to the art world, like what to do, what not to do. What, what, what's that big lesson? Um, as a big lesson, I would say keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, because when I first started, um, I didn't know where it was going to end up. I just kept doing it. And then eventually people started picking up on it and they started liking it. But I didn't think that I'd get the reaction that it would. So I would say stick to what you're doing and eventually people will, will pick up on it too. This is a little bit unrelated. During your time in art school, since everybody's kind of going after the same thing, especially if you guys are uh, in the same major together, do you ever have competition with other students or do you ever feel like there are people who uh, dislike your work for you know whatever reason? I mean, if there's competition, I probably don't know about it. Um, <laughs> but I think everyone at my school is open. Like they come in, like we like walk into each other's studios. You know, give critiques, they give praise, and stuff like that. I haven't really heard any bad rumors about anybody or myself. So I don't know if there's actually competition. I'm not even there most of the time. So. If there is, I probably wouldn't know. We've been flying through these questions. Um, we just got two left, and these are the ones that I always ask uh, my guests. What's, um, what's coming up next for you? Right now, I currently have five paintings of mine at the Creative Alliance for the We Are One show, and um, that's going to end on January 18th, I think. So that one's there. And I'm, I think I'm going to have one piece in the show at Goucher pretty soon. And then um, right now I'm working on my thesis at MICA, so that's going to be at Art Walk in like May, so I'm preparing for that. Mm, can you talk a little bit more about your thesis? Um, my thesis is just more portraiture, more experimentation. Um, it's not really cohesive, like they don't all look the same, they're all kind of different. Yeah, just trying to branch out, I'm trying to use more people um, aside from my family, like I got people that volunteer and people that I just ask as well. But, also want to experiment with multiple figures instead of just the one solitary figure as well. But yeah. And how does how exactly does an art thesis work? Are you supposed to be making a statement with your work or are it, like you were saying they're just kind of saying how you've grown as an artist over the years? I mean, it can make a statement, but like everyone's is like different. It's like dependent on what you want to say. Like it doesn't have to mean anything and it can mean everything. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's just um, your work and what you want to focus on for this whole entire school year, and then you present it at the end. Where can people go if they want to learn more about you, they want to see your art, or they want to purchase some? Number one spot is Instagram. 
So my Instagram is at Monica165. Um, and then I have a website. Uh, I can say it, but it's like very long. It's like www.monicaikegu.wixsite.com slash Monica Ikegu. We'll, we'll put the link in yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> that was long. But yeah, mainly my Instagram and my website are the places that I update the most. And if somebody wanted to purchase your art, could they talk to you or would they have to go through the gallery? Um, I would say go through the gallery that has the work, like um, the Creative Alliance has some of them, and if you want to purchase those, they can go through them. And then Band Devices also has some work, so you can go through them as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anything that you want to talk about that we haven't already gone over? Um, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel doing your first podcast interview? I feel pretty good. <laughs> I don't think I messed up too bad. Uh, no, well, I edit the stuff anyway, oh, okay. so I always try to make the guests sound better than uh, than I do. Okay. Well, Monica Ikegu here at the Woodward Gallery at the Baltimore Museum of Art. Shout out to Andrea Boston for hooking this up for us. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and Monica, thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Awesome.